Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And I'm here with my host, Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello, Joe. How's it going? All right. It's excellent. Good. I know we don't want to take a lot of time with the show today because I know you're going to be out buying my Christmas present. Oh, I've ar- it's already been bought for months. Really? You didn't get it yet? No. <laughs> It's really special. <laughs> I hope we're not counting on Santa to deliver. <laughs> he doesn't come to my house anymore. Well, it's nice to have you on the line today. And we've got someone else who's great, too. We've got Bruce Bowman, who's the president of Kaboom. Hey, Bruce, how's it going? Good. How are you doing today? We're hanging in there. Now, we were talking a little bit before the show that you're in chilly Nashville, Tennessee today, and you're saying it's like 40 down there. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're shivering. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, we hope we hope you're in a nice warm spot for the radio show today anyways. So, Bruce, tell us a little bit about Kaboom for our listeners so they can learn more about it. Sure. Uh, uh, Kaboom is a national nonprofit organization. Uh, we're dedicated uh, to the goal of ensuring that all children get the active play that they need, uh, especially the 16-plus million uh, children living in uh, poverty today in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And how, how long have you folks been around for? Uh, since uh, 1996. Yeah, she's been at it a little while now. Oh, sure have. Yeah, that's right. I know one thing. You could come and get my two kids out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that is a perfect segue into a really exciting program that Kaboom has just started. And one of the reasons we asked Bruce to join us on the show today, which is a new collection called the Go Out and Play Collection. So can you tell us a little bit more about that collection, Bruce? I sure can. Um, the basic uh, concept of the collection is to sell a collection of both Kaboom branded and non-branded uh, active play products that would be offered under the umbrella of Kaboom uh, through a partnerships that we have with Imagine Toys through their online catalog and their holiday catalog. Mm-hmm. And so the collection is you have, this is like a licensing arrangement. You've developed product. And did you develop the product with Imagine Toys, or is this a, a different manufacturer and you're, you're selling with Imagine Toys? How, how does that work? No, we developed them in conjunction with Imagine Toys. We did it jointly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's currently you know, like 29 items in the collection. They range from a price point of uh, a little under $12 to $225. Mm-hmm. And I noticed, too, Bruce, that there's an, even an option there where people can donate directly to you, and I believe it's in $5 increments, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, they can do that either by selecting an option online or they can do it at checkout. Mm-hmm. Tell, us, so, tell us how the partnership started because it, it is sort of a unique, you know, it's like a virtual storefront, really. Yeah, um, it's, it's really cool. It's I very think cool. It, and I think it's, you know, one of the things I was saying to Megan Bruce um, mm-hmm. when we first, you know, found that you could be on the show is like, this is something different uh, that an organization like yourself is doing. But I think we're going to see more of it as kind of the years go by here because it does represent a really in-depth partnership. Well, I agree totally because one of the things that nonprofits uh, really struggle with the most these days is how to broaden and deepen relationships mm-hmm. with advocates while at the same time trying to generate unrestricted income, right. which is one of the hardest types of income to generate right. as a nonprofit. Uh, where this originally started was like most of these kinds of relationships I've found over the years really developed with one person. Mm-hmm. And this happened to be with Holly Ringel, who's the CEO of Imagine Toys. Mm-hmm. And I had the good fortune to meet her and uh, come to find out she is very much a believer in play and how important it is for kids. 
and then we found that the missions of our two organizations overlapped quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so that basic premise to us uh, had to be there, and that whoever we partnered with, their basic mission had to be at least complement what we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How long? Strong intersection there. How long did it take from those initial conversations to today when this this collection and launched? And it we should say it just launched last month. Is that correct? November uh, yeah. 2013. Exactly. From the time we started working on the details, uh, around eight months. Mm -hmm. And how's the program been going in the first month? It's still early since we're right mm -hmm. in the middle of the holiday, you know, selling season. Mm -hmm. oh, that's true. Yep. But right now it's looking good. It's mm -hmm. looking good. Can you talk to us at all about, you know, it sounds, you've just said that you and Imagine Toys have very similar mm -hmm. missions. Talk to us about the individual goals from each of your perspectives for this program. What are you looking to get out of it? What is Imagine Toys looking to benefit from the well, relationship? Our primary reason for doing this is to help Kaboom extend and leverage our brand mm -hmm. and the awareness of our cause into new business opportunities and segments and with consumers who we probably could not touch otherwise. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's great about Kaboom is you guys are involved in a great mission that involves children, which I think obviously has a high appeal for companies that are interested in cause marketing programs. But one of the things I find that's really helpful, Megan and Bruce, with programs like yours, is it just gives you credibility when you're going out there and speaking to other people about doing programs with you. Uh, exactly. And eventually, uh, this is this is sort of a test case for us, quite honestly, because mm -hmm. this is the first time we've done a virtual storefront. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we're doing, you know, we're testing on several, uh, you know, different uh, areas. Mm -hmm. The basis that, in assuming success in that area, we're going to be getting into other product categories. Which ones, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. We're looking mm -hmm. at those now. Mm -hmm. But uh, if we have success here, we'll continue to expand this model. It, mm -hmm. it also strikes me that unlike, let's say, a pinup campaign at Register, it, it, when you have a cause product, it, it probably is going to take a little bit more time to gain traction. I mean, I would imagine that just a holiday season can give you a good indicator, but that it might take a little bit of, uh, of time for that Kaboom brand, Kaboom branded product to, to pick up in the marketplace. Do, mm -hmm. do you feel that way or do you feel like it needs a little bit more breathing room than a traditional cause marketing campaign? Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that's why we view this holiday season as sort of, as a really a test case mm -hmm. you know, to really give those rates of indication, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to see how our sales rates compare to the other parts of the catalog. Right. Uh, to see mm -hmm. what kind of conversion rates we get, things along that line. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't expect, you know, from this year's holiday sales to have a huge amount of unrestricted revenue. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. What I do think will happen is just through distribution of the catalog in the online, though, is that we will um, develop a, a lot broader range of, of potential advocates for what we do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Bruce, I think what you're hitting on, too, is so important with uh, these type of cause marketing programs because what um, Imagine Toys is doing for you is actually giving you a lot more opportunity than perhaps a traditional point-of-sale program, which just raises money at the register. And while these programs are really attractive to nonprofits and even to companies because they lay, they raise so much money, people don't always know what they're giving to. Right. And as a matter of fact, there's a lot of distaste in the marketplace right now for point-of-sale programs. So doing something different like this, I think, will definitely work, but you have to be patient. Uh, 
You're absolutely right there, because one of the you know, if, if you look at Kaboom's history, uh, we tended you, you know we tended to be almost a little bit contrarian in the way we mm-hmm. approach things, mm-hmm. uh, and we tend to take risk. Mm-hmm. Um, because we believe in this segment, there are some calculated risks you have to take to really try to mm-hmm. move things ahead, you know, at a faster rate. Mm-hmm. Um, because typical philanthropic funding models are are pretty slow to develop, and yep. you know, and everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, we've always been trying to look for things that are innovative, that are creative, and even though they may be a little bit risky, a little bit different. As long as they have the potential upside, we think it's worth doing. That's always mm-hmm. been a hallmark of the organization. Well, mm-hmm. and to that to that point, you've also launched a new book series with Candlewick Press. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, actually, specifically, the one I like to highlight is a go out and play book mm-hmm. uh, because that book it uh, it really you know uh, details lots of games that kids can play, mm-hmm. that adults can play with their kids, or adults can play. And, you know, that book became the cornerstone next to the genesis of the idea for the Go Out and Play collection because it occurred to us, you've got this book, you're telling mm. people to do all these games, where do they get jump ropes? Right. Mm-hmm. Where do they get the, you know, sand, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sand buckets and shovels and things like that? Mm-hmm. So it was that thought process that eventually led us to an idea of, you know, an idea for a virtual storefront. Well, I love the idea of a book for a nonprofit too, because what better way? We talk about storytelling all day long. What better way than a book? I mean, and I understand that this isn't yours is more like a manual, but it it really makes a lot of sense for the mission. So I, I, I'm really interested. Where did that idea come about to to do a book series? Uh, it came from Daryl Hammond, you know, who's mm. the founder and CEO. Daryl, I know for years, uh, several people have been um, after him to write a book, and he eventually did. Right. And what we found from that first book is the book was great, uh, but perhaps the biggest benefit was for the next year, Daryl was out talking about what, you know, what was in the book. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it really gave him an opportunity to be a thought leader, to talk about people, what we do, you know, to talk to various groups about Kaboom, what we do, and most importantly, why play is important. Mm-hmm. Now, see, this is the problem I have with my kids, though, Bruce. Maybe you can help me. Now we're going to a therapy session. Look out. <laughs> I, I can't get my kids out to play, but I can't get them to read either. So how am I going to communicate this good information? I guess, you know what I got to do? I just have to have them go to the Imagine Toy site. There you go. Take a look at the stuff. Yeah, that could get pretty expensive for you. <laughs> it's, it's all for a good cause, though. That's the beauty of it. You know, I can tell you from that experience, I did that with my grandkids. And, uh... <laughs> well, I, you know, I really appreciate what you guys are trying to do so important and i do think there's this like incredible reliance on youth today around technology and mm-hmm. playing games indoors and stuff like that and while i certainly feel like there's a place for that you know there's a point where it's like hey open the door and go out for a little while you know go have fun and uh kids these days they don't almost know what to do with themselves well you know at, at the end of the day it's about balance to us mm-hmm. you know that's why our you know our expansion of a strategy has been around active, you know, active minds, active bodies, and active together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, with a common theme being active. As long as they're active and there's a balance in what kids are doing, mm-hmm. that's great. 
Mm-hmm. Now, Bruce, one of the things you talked about is you were saying that your organization especially focuses on poor populations, mm-hmm. you know, focuses on that audience. What do you find with that audience? Are they less active than their middle class counterparts or do they just have less opportunity to play? Uh, or both? It's, it, it's a little bit of both, but the yeah. bigger problem is really opportunity and access. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that generally uh, underserved com- communities are called that for a reason. They're underserved, yep. uh, you know, across various uh, uh, metrics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our interest all along, all along and where uh, Daryl founded the organization was really to focus the majority of what we did on underserved communities. And we've continued mm-hmm. to do that for the mm-hmm. last 17 years. Mm-hmm. That's good. Can you talk a little bit about, Bruce, your corporate partners because one of the things that I'm oh I'm constantly seeing things from Kaboom about you know this partner this company partnered with Kaboom and their employees built a playground you have such you have great employee involvement but you also have really great partnership support can you talk a little bit about that balance between employee engagement and Mm-hmm. contribution or partnership in, in other ways, like expanding beyond the employee partnership piece? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've been extremely fortunate to have, you know, some really good partners over the years. You know, we've mm-hmm. had, we have several large partnerships now that are mm-hmm. multi-year, multi-million, for instance, CarMax, Disney, Humana, mm-hmm. Foresters, and they cover various, uh, you know, various industry segments. Uh, what's different now from the way we operated even just five or six years ago is that in each one of those partnerships, they do more than build a playground. Mm-hmm. Building a playground is great, yep. but that's just a start. Right. Okay? Uh, they've been extremely beneficial to Kaboom in, in supporting our other programs within Kaboom mm-hmm. as well as making unrestricted donations to Kaboom. So mm-hmm. they really participate in the organization across the breadth of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has been extremely valuable, and that's probably the number one thing. How, how did you evolve? How did you evolve those partner, partnerships and those conversations? Though, because it strikes me that there's lots of companies that want to have their employees build a playground. That's very mm-hmm. hands-on. It's very glitzy and glamorous. Right. How do you get right. to the point where they're making unrestricted donations? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you've got a. You know, the entry point for us a lot of times is the playground build, but it's not the sole entry mm-hmm. point. Right. Uh, you know, there has to be some type of uh, either business objective or community affairs objective mm-hmm. that overlaps with uh, with what we do. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. it can be along community engagement. It can be along volunteerism. It can be along children's causes. But, there, you, you know, there really has to be a connection somewhere where that's integral to that business to yeah. begin with. Yeah. And, and you know what I like, though, Bruce, is well, mm-hmm. well, what you're talking about, too, is like, you know, building a playground, Megan and Bruce, it's very transactional. And, you know, OK, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And when it's done, people are going to enjoy it, but we're going to move on. What you've been able to do is really find ways for companies to become more involved with your organization. And in turn, it's transformed you as an organization. But it sounds like it's also transformed them as a company. Mm hmm. It has in, in a lot of different cases because, mm-hmm. you know, one thing we've heard over and over is that, you know, once you get, you know, you know a solid foundation for one of these corporate partnerships, mm-hmm. and even though it may start out on the small scale, 
mm-hmm. once they get used to working with you as an organization and really buy into mm-hmm. uh, you know the the mission of the organization taking that conversation to talking about support of other programs support of unrestricted isn't that hard a leap mm-hmm. right yeah uh, you know because if they believe in what you do and you tell them you know it sure would help us if you support us in developing this mapping tool on our website mm-hmm. for instance mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in more cases than not, they're going to say, yeah. Right, right. Then the issue is to what degree. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, and think, too, you two, it's really built around trust, too. I mean, you know, there's a lot of credibility that goes into that relationship because your partners, Bruce, really feel as if you can get the job done. And that's the thing that I think is suspect with a lot of other people's participation with organization as they come away, even though they felt like they did a good thing, I think they sometimes come away feeling a little bit of doubt whether or not that organization is going to be able to scale over time. Well, you're absolutely right. You've got to be operationally solid. I mean, you've got yeah. to operate as one of the best for-profit organizations would be, mm-hmm. right. would operate. You know, I, I personally think that's probably one of uh, Daryl's most genius points when he started the organization. He firmly believed at the beginning, you know, we've got to say what we're going to do and we've got to do what we're, you know, say we're going to do. Yeah, On right. time, within budget, we've yep. got to perform excellently every time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, we strive very hard to do that over the years, and I think we've mm-hmm. done a good job of it. One of the things we started out this conversation talking about was just your attention to innovation and risk taking. Who do you look to for inspiration? Because I, mm, it's hard it, it's hard to kind of get out of the cycle of your own office and your own desk and your own people. Like who how are you pushing that envelope on a daily basis? Well, you know, there's a you know, there's a couple of people that that I've thought about over the years that, uh, you know, Tom's, for instance, Tom's shoes, Mm -hmm. I've always found them to be very aspirational. And then the way they've set their model up from the beginning and stuck to that. Right. And, you know, yes, they've refined it, it expanded it, but it's still their same core model. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me, that's, if I had to pick one, I'd pick that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a good one. You know, now there are lots of people on the for-profit side. Uh, you know, to me, they've shown those kind of you know efforts. You know, Ben and Jerry's, where I used to work mm-hmm. a few years ago. Uh, you know, the social mission there and supporting causes was really part of the fabric of that organization. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, that's where I really uh, got involved and I got hooked. Was really at that point with Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. And with Ben and Jerry's too, they really baked it in right from the beginning. Oh yeah, sure did. Yeah. You know, with the three-part bottom line. Right. And then the fact, uh, probably one of the bigger things they did was, um, you know, yes, you had your financial and your business objectives, but the social mission objectives were of equal importance, if not more important. Mm-hmm. Which at that point in time was something that was extremely unusual. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. But, Joe, they didn't bake it in. They're an ice cream company. They, oh, that's <laughs> right. They defrosted it. They frosted it in. They churned it in. They churned they, There you go. Yeah, Thank you, Bruce. They churned it. They churned it in. We've been working this one for a while. Absolutely. Well, um, this has just been such an interesting conversation, Bruce. If people want to find out more about Kaboom and the Go Out and Play collection, where would they do that? 
www.kaboom.org. There you go. Excellent. And Joe, if people would like to find out more about you and all of your online musings, where might they do that? Oh, geez, you can barely find me online these days. That's the thing. You know? But of course, you can find me at my blog, SelfishGiving.com. And um, I'm at Twitter most of the day, at Joe Waters. And also check out my Pinterest boards, uh, Pinterest.com, front slash Joe Waters. And I noticed, too, that Kaboom has a great Pinterest board that you sh- that I added to my list of followers. So I hope you will, too. Uh, so they are a great organization. And, uh, Megan, what about you? Where can we find you besides the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF, and also blog for the Cause Marketing Forum at Cause Update. And you can find Cause Talk Radio on Stitcher Smart Radio, as well as iTunes. We do recommend you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And on behalf of Bruce and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you for joining us today for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll see you next time.